Hello and welcome to the Flogcast Network. This is your Flog Commissioner speaking, Scott Benzing. And as always, on Thursdays, we have the one, the only, TC. TC, how are you doing today? Mr. Scott, welcome. Thanks for having me. Um, I'm doing fantastic. Uh, football is getting close again this week. I feel, it seems like we were just here last week talking about week eight. Now we're at week nine. So I'm excited, but yes, but yeah, a little concerned about uh, the end of the season approaching ultimately very fast. Yeah, it's uh, it's really getting down to crunch time. Um, We just finished up week eight. There's only 12 weeks in the fantasy football regular season in our league. So two thirds of the way done Um, after this week, be three quarters done. So it's really getting down to the end here. Um, as the standings currently sit, uh, tied for first place, both with a record of six and two, are the Blount Force and the Magic Skull Bus. Um, coming in close behind is yourself, the um, Savage Patch Kids at five and three, as well as the Juju's in the Attic at five and three. Uh, Connor dropped to four and four this past week. Um, didn't have a great performance against the LeBron Kings, so he's sitting at four and four. And then the guys that seem destined for the toilet bowl uh, playoffs are Justin, Jake, and Marcus, all sitting at two and six. So um, what are your thoughts on the playoff race heating up here? I think, uh, I, I think that even though Connor dropped to four and four, um, if me or you lose, Scott, um, this thing is still wide open. Um, he's only one game back from us, and there's a few weeks that things could go awry for both of us. Um, Connor's still got a solid chance, um, but he's also, like what we just witnessed the other day, uh, it just traded away Nick Chubb to Mr. Justin Ruff. So it kind of causes com- some confusion as to what Connor's game plan is at this point because, yeah, I get he's getting draft picks, but I think that that Chubb is somebody he was going to hold on to, but uh, it looks like he's not. Yeah, that was, I think it came as a shock to everyone. Um, Chubb has been really good this year. He's only a second-year running back. Connor had that three-headed monster of those bell cow running backs with Barkley, Elliott, and Chubb. And then that kind of blew everybody's socks off yesterday, getting that group message, trade alert, uh, Connor sending Nick Chubb to the LeBron Kings to Justin and Justin sending a first round pick next year, a second round pick in 2021 and also T.Y. Hilton. And so that was pretty probably the biggest trade that's happened this season so far. Um, yeah, I as would far have to as, agree. Yeah, as far as players going back and forth. And I, my thinking is that Connor realized that he had a surplus of good running backs. Um, and that he really needed wide receiver help. And so that's my guess. T.Y.'s still productive. He's getting a little up there in age, late 20s. But um, I think that's kind of where he's coming. And then getting those picks thrown on really helped him um, go ahead and accept that deal. Yeah, I, I, I can see that. And um, his his wide receivers aren't, you know, aren't looking the worst right now either, though. But I, I I agree with you. I think his wide receiver help is what he needed in the, to make this run happen. Um, but, you know, Ruff got a player that he wanted. Um, he, his team looks completely different than it did three weeks ago. So uh, I, was, I was questioning him. I wonder if he's trying to make a run for the playoffs or is this just for the future for him? So that's a little confusing on my part, too. 
kind of figuring out what he's trying to do. Yeah, the confusing part is that uh, a week ago, he traded Odell Beckham Jr. to Keegan for a first round and some other stuff in there, Tyler Boyd. So he had had a first round pick in the upcoming draft, which he hadn't had in a while. And then couldn't it just burn in a hole in his pocket, couldn't hang on to it, had to get rid of it. And a week later, he traded that first round pick for Chubb. So yeah, I think... he, he had some serious weight in his pocket. And he's <laughs> walking around with that change. He decided to spend it. So, <laughs> yep. Um, it'll be interesting to see how it works out. I think Chubb's a, a rock solid keeper. Um, so Justin's probably happy to get that. Uh, see how T.Y. Hilton pans out for Connor moving forward. I did just receive a notification on my phone that T.Y. Hilton is not practicing this week. Uh, hasn't practiced this week. So Connor might not <laughs> be able to use his new trade asset in the matchup this week. Um, so let's just go ahead and get started going over the matchups. And since we've been talking about Connor, let's start with his matchup this week going against the Terry's terrorists. Um, what are just your general thoughts about this matchup? Quickly look at over their lineups. Uh, this is a must win for Connor. Um, if Marcus wins this, then Connor's um, hopes for a playoff push are, are looking very minimalistic. Um, I like, I like Coons, uh, his team uh, just a smidge better, uh, but that's going to change just a little bit with T.Y. not practicing and then him having to have another flex player come in. But then he also, once he gets Patrick Mahomes back, things will be different for him. But right now, Connor's in kind of a, I don't know, he's kind of in a, a down spot. He doesn't have the personnel to boost him up, and he's just traded away Nick Chubb. So this this game is going to be a close one, I think. Um Looking at his QBs, I like Connor's QBs. His QBs have been great all year. Uh, Marcus having Dak Prescott. Dak Prescott's been great all year. Daniel Jones, uh, he lights it up when he's when he's on fire, but then he's just a dud. So it's like big time or nothing at all for him. Uh, so I think Connor kind of has the edge at QBs this uh, this week. Yeah, I I'd have to agree. Um, I like Connor's quarterbacks a lot more the matchups are what concern me there. Um, Kyler Murray has been pretty productive. The last couple weeks, though, he's had some down games yeah. as far as fantasy production, and now he gets to face the San Francisco 49ers defense, which, as we all know, has been, uh, I think, the top a top two defense, number two right behind the Patriots. They've been um, suffocating. Yeah, so that, that matchup worries me, rookie quarterback going up against that defense. And then Tom Brady playing at Baltimore on Sunday night. Tom Brady did get on the injury report this week um, with a sh- uh, shoulder soreness. I don't think it'll be anything that'll keep him out. But um, Baltimore, their defense has um, been sort of up and down, but they did just trade for Marcus Peters and so kind of shored up that secondary a little bit. So I'm not sure if Brady is going to have a, a great day this weekend, but um, – I think yeah. Dak's in for a good day for Marcus against the Giants and Daniel Jones, like you said, so volatile. You don't know what you're getting. Yeah, I think, um, well, when both of his players play on Monday night, you're, we're really not going to know what happens to that game until the very last second because he's got both of the QBs. Um, looking at his, his running backs, you know, you could put the X on Chubb right now and then add Elliott. I think – his running back position clearly goes to Connor. You have Barkley and Elliott over Philip Lindsay, who 
has had a few solid games, but then he's had some down production as, as of late. And then David Montgomery, who've only had really one good game this season, then he's going to go be going against Philly, who has a really good run defense. Um, I think Philip Lindsay is going to get uh, some good work with um, Joe Flacco being out this week, though. Uh, so that's something that it, it could he could get uh, some big numbers put up by his running back Marcus's uh, running backs. He could, but comparing that to Coons, I think Coons still got the edge on running backs as well. Yeah, and just looking at Marcus's running back situation this year, I mean, he traded away Mac. Um, it seems like he's sort of in a similar situation to what I was last year, where it, you're just plugging and playing, hoping one of your running backs does something every week, and it really hurts your fantasy outlook if you don't have consistent guys at the running back. And I'm not talking about, uh, like, um, all-stars, all-pro guys that are putting up 20 points a week like McCaffrey I'm just talking about guys that can get you 10 points to 15 points consistently yeah Marcus's running backs haven't been able to do that and that's why he hasn't been able to win a lot of games I feel that pain it's exactly where I was last year yeah Um, Lindsay's line has just been up and down um he like that game in Green Bay he had a huge game 27 points uh the game with the Chargers 22 points but it's just you 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 can't tell because there is no consistency and then with Montgomery you know having his best game it's been mostly down, and he's got a few touch, three touchdowns on the year, three rushing touchdowns. Um, so you're hoping big games for both of these guys, and you're hoping that he's just hoping for a prayer kind of right now. Yeah, and I mean, if one of these guys freaks out and puts up 35 points, that changes the whole outlook of the game. And yes, it does. That can happen. That can happen. Uh, and with Marcus, the case has been that he's left that guy on the bench the last couple of weeks. He, so, uh, <laughs> who are you going to predict uh, who on Marcus's bench is going to go off? I think it's going to be Philip Dorsett. Oh, I don't have Marcus's bench pulled up. Um, but I'm sure that he'll whoever he has left on there, he will uh, make sure that they're not in his lineup and that all of those <laughs> points are for naught. He's going to get the best yeah, coach of, Marcus's a, of luck. the year. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, yeah, we talked about uh, Connor's trade. Uh, but looking at his wide receivers as they currently stand, Connor's got Alshon Jeffrey, Allen Robinson, DK Metcalf. None of those guys really scare you. I mean, Allen Robinson's been probably his most consistent uh, wide receiver, I'd say by a lot. And he is currently ranked at 16th overall for the position. Um, which is not great to, if that's your top guy. Yeah, he doesn't have consistency at his wide receiver core, and that's kind of been uh, that's kind of been what's holding him back all year. He's got great running backs, great QBs. He's got a good kicker, and the defense was solid for the first half of the year. Now we're kind of question mark next to it. But uh, you know, after trading away Cooper Cup, um, that really put a damper on his chances after after we've seen what Cup's been doing all year. You've been benefiting that, so you know I commend you for that trade and giving him Terry McLaurin for it. But wide receivers, I'm looking at uh, Marcus's. We have Stephon Diggs, Keenan Allen, and Kenny Galladay, and that is a dangerous trio. Uh, even though Adam Thielen's coming back this week with the Vikings, I think that Diggs still going to get. He's going to post a, a good number, and I think he's going to, you know, he's posted what 100 over 140 in the last three games. And what, two out of three, Thielen has been there. So I think that Diggs has been solid. I think I think Keenan Allen is due because he hasn't had a good week since week three at Houston. 
Um, I keep saying he's been due for like the past four weeks, but I can't be wrong if I say it every week, right? <laughs> yeah, I, I really like Keenan Allen. He's usually very consistent, um, has had some up and down games, hasn't been getting the touchdowns like he did in those first couple weeks. Um, I think he bounces back. I think his it was a calf or a quad injury that he had, and he was um, didn't even say he was going to play last Hamstring? weekend hamstring yes yep um and it was announced like i think an hour before the game that he was getting uh he was going to play and marcus didn't see it in time to switch him in um but the last couple weeks uh two weeks ago 11 targets for keenan allen last week 10 targets so he's getting the volume uh i think that he should have a pretty good game um even though the chargers seem like they're going uh, down the tubes this year they did fire their offensive coordinator so it'll be interesting to see how he changes up the offense um, yeah going that, forward. that could be good for Allen you know um, we'll see though I'm, I'm I'm not super um, worried about Chargers just blowing up going crazy but you know a little change of pace exactly what some teams need sometimes like look at the Browns last year after they've you know fired their head coach and then back half of the season they had a great year uh, you know, coaching staff changes it really can motivate dudes to play better. And he's got Kenny Galladay, too. I really like Kenny Galladay, um, except for against Minnesota in week seven when he got that one reception for 21 yards. And then week three at Philadelphia, you know, against the Giants, he had six receptions, 123 yards and two touchdowns. So that's a solid line for anybody, honestly. Um, so I really like Marcus's wide receivers over Coons for that mostly for Diggs and Galladay and the upside of what Keenan Allen has. Yeah, and Marcus has both of those Detroit wide receivers, and Matt Stafford's been throwing the ball downfield a lot. So with Marcus, he's got to put both of the Detroit receivers in because you can see that um, if you're looking at their uh, schedules the last couple weeks, one will have a huge day and the other one won't do much. Um, And it's just too hard to guess which one's going to have the big game. Yeah. and with uh, on Johnson being out and their backfield kind of still up for grabs, I think that's a smart move on Marcus's part that it's it's going to be up to the receivers. And Marvin Jones has proven over and over that he can do it, and Kenny Galladay stepped up this year big time. Yep, both of those guys are top 20 wide receivers on the year. Galladay at 14, Marvin Jones at 18. Um, so that's... That looks good for Marcus's um, wide receiver depth. Uh, Connor, his other guys outside of Alshon and Allen Robinson, DK Metcalf, uh, had, I think, two touchdown catches last week, but that he only had like three catches for 12 yards or something or 20 yeah, yards. Yeah, three for so. 13 and two touchdowns, and that was just bad matchups on Atlanta. They were just layups um, for the Seahawks, really. Um, he's a big guy. He goes up and gets the ball, and if it's an easy – an easy pass, and there's no reason he can't grab it, and that's what they did. Yep, and he has another good matchup this week against a bad Tampa Bay secondary, so be interesting to see there. The tight ends here, I mean, TJ Hawkinson for Connor, Jimmy Graham for uh, Marcus. Both of these guys seem like they're four catches for 40-yard type of players, um, unless they get that touchdown work. Um, yeah, nothing exciting there. Jimmy Graham ranked 13, TJ Hawkinson's ranked 16. So they've had some touchdown production, but the tight end position this year has just been very weird. Uh, we don't have a lot of consistency, and 
So it, it, it's it's almost like that one's an equal an equal stat line. I don't think the the tight end's going to make or break either of these teams this week. Yep, and then the flexes. Marcus has James White and Marvin Jones, as we talked about. Connor going currently has Ezekiel Elliott. Likely see T.Y. Hilton in here, one of those wide receivers, drop down to this flex. And then his other flex is Jordan Howard. And I think Jordan Howard, um, he might be in for a decent game this week against his former team, the Chicago Bears. Yeah, I, the- I do like that. I like this revenge game. I like that Philadelphia's really given him the rock, and he's proven himself that he, he, can, he can gash the defense. Um, he's had some up-and-down weeks. Um, but th- there's a good upside to Jordan Howard. Um, and it, it honestly isn't even the running back's personal consistency. I think it's his team's consistency because Philadelphia has just been kind of weird this year. Uh, they they lose the teams they shouldn't. They beat teams they should. Uh, I, I, you, know, you never really know. Yep. Philly's been up and down. Maybe they'll get it straightened out. Maybe they'll keep putting around 500 for the rest of the year. Who knows? Um, so who do you have in this matchup? Huh? Well, let me see. Chubb's going to, his, his projection line 17. Um, they're going against Denver without Joe Flacco. Um, I think Connor's got the edge on this one, mostly because of his, um, his two running backs and his flex and then kind of his, um, QBs. I know his QBs matchups are tough, but I also think that Brady's gonna he's gonna put up a consistent twenty plus points. Um, Murray, we'll see what he's made of um, this week. We'll see if he's he really can be that good. Uh, Marcus's team is just they've just been too inconsistent. Even though Connor's team hasn't been super consistent, I think we can count on Connor's team here more, just a little bit, but. Like we were talking about, if Connor's or if uh, Marcus's wide receiver core they show up, and that I'm going to throw Marvin Jones into that, make it a four wide receiver core. Those those four I think are what uh, Marcus has got to balance on. If they can all put up good stat line, I think Marcus can take this. But I just don't see all four of them doing that. I can see two out of four, especially because he has two of them as Detroit Lions. So I think Con- Connor's got the edge, and he's going to pull away with this one this week. Um, but I can hope that Connor takes the L, which separates um, fourth and fifth place in the in the playoff run. So you know, but I think Connor's going to win this one. Yeah, uh, I think Connor's going to edge this one out, even without Chubb. Um, but it'll be really interesting just looking at their lineups. Marcus, both of Marcus's quarterbacks play on uh, Giants and Dallas of the Monday night game, correct? Yeah. Yep, both of Marcus's quarterbacks play on Monday night, and both of Connor's running backs will be playing on Monday night. So it'll be a big game um, to determine who wins this matchup, um, whether it's a lot of passing, a lot of running. Uh, it'll be interesting to see. But I do have Connor winning this matchup this week, even without Chubb. Uh, who do you have in the series winning Coons the next. overall series? Because uh, Marcus hasn't won a month much in the past two years correct connor is three and zero against marcus lifetime yeah i could see that all right uh we'll move on to 
the LeBron Kings and Magic Skull Bus get some of these boring games out of the way before we talk about ourselves for most of the podcast. Heard that. Um, <laughs> so LeBron Kings two and six going up against the Magic Skull Bus six and two. Um, currently, Justin has a vacancy in his running back spot. Plug Nick Chubb in there when he gets him, but that's still only going to boost his projected total up to about one forty two point five. Um, whereas Keegan is sitting over 164 um so he'll still be favored by more than 20 points uh what are your thoughts about this matchup yeah keegan's uh keegan seems looking real dangerous right now and if odell beckham jr gets his hat out of his behind then then i don't see why keegan isn't just gonna mop the floor with everybody the next few weeks uh with Thielen back in adams back in um godwin's going against uh seahawks and i think it might be end up being a shootout there and then you've got Winston and Wentz, who both flash very high upsides. Uh, this is going to be um, – I think this is going to kind of be a one-sided battle. Uh, I really like Gardner Minshew on Ruff's team. Jacoby Brissett has been so solid without Andrew Luck. He's ranked 15. Last week was the first time or only the second game that he hasn't thrown a touchdown. He's thrown a lot of touchdowns this year, and I'm, I, I really respect that of him. But then you look down and 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 Ruff's lineup, it it gets a little weird because uh, what's he got some buys? Yeah, he's got buys from the Rams, he's got buys for Tyler Boyd that he just acquired from Keegan. Uh, Atlanta's on a buy, so he's he's on a bye week hell, and I feel his pain a little bit. Um, but he also has been making moves. Ruff loves to make moves like trading, and as you can see, most of his team has been acquired through trade. Uh, yeah. Uh, I feel you there. I think Nick Chubb's really going to make his team interesting. Um, don't love his quarterbacks. Gardner Minshew's been lighting it up, but Nick Foles is nearing uh, a comeback. So see how that works out there. If they keep going with the young kid or give it to the guy they just paid a ton of money to. Um, Jacoby Brissett has been serviceable, has been winning games, hasn't been uh, really a fantasy fantasy star uh ranked 15th out of quarterbacks um and then yeah keegan's quarterbacks carson Wentz, Jameis winston Jameis winston i mean he's he could throw 400 yards and four touchdowns to go along with four interceptions so um it seems like i don't know his fantasy value just is so up and down it's weird um carson Wentz. Don't love the matchup against Chicago, but um, teams have been proving the last few weeks that you can score on the Bears. So, Yeah, they, they've really been getting exposed lately. I don't know. I think that uh, there's a little bit of trouble in paradise. Things that they thought would be happening aren't happening the way that they thought they would, so everyone might be panicking a little bit. And I think that the Eagles really need a win um, against Chicago, and I think that, I think that they can get that. But I think yeah, I think Keegan's got the upside on QB on this on this matchup though. Yeah. Yep. And then obviously the running backs for Keegan, Delvin Cook, Aaron Jones, just monsters all year. Um, and they the have number two good... and the number three. Yeah. Yep. Uh, Keegan's wide receivers. Glad to have Thielen back. Glad to have Devontae Adams back. Chris Godwin. Uh, his team's starting to get healthy now, and it's going to make a big difference. Um, Keegan going with Hunter Henry, who's really came on after coming back from his injury at tight end. 
So that receiving core right there is going to be pretty scary if those guys produce. Yeah, uh, their, their, their ceiling is very, very high. Um, and I think that Minnesota against KC, I, you know, it, it would have been more of a shootout if Mahomes was back, but I, I still think that you're going to see a lot of big plays. And uh, But the only thing I'm ever worried about, and it never really happens, is if, you know, when you've got – he's got Cook and Thielen, the number one running back and receiver, and then Jones and Adams. And it's almost like, well – Sometimes you think if one one of those players gets a lot of the load, then it's going to take away from the other one. And Jones has been playing without Adams, so I think Adams could see a dip, but I also think that he could break through and get a touchdown and a few receptions, and that's a big stat line for receivers because of how easy it is for them to get points. Yeah, and I mean, we sort of saw that Aaron Jones is, over the last few weeks, his scoring has just went crazy. Um but I'm I'm concerned that when Devontae Adams comes back, if Aaron Jones's receiving workload reduce or um, gets reduced a little bit, because uh, yeah, since week five was when Aaron Jones had that four touchdown game against Dallas, uh, and since then he's had a bunch of catches and targets that have helped boost up that stat line. He just had 159 yards receiving this past week. Um, he's had since that Dallas game, he's had seven catches, 75, four for 13, four for 33, and then seven for 159. So I think some of that value starts to um, get lost for Aaron Jones a little bit. I think he'll still get the touchdowns, but with Jamal Williams and Devontae Adams both healthy, I wonder if his fantasy numbers start to dip a little bit from where he's at right now at number three. Yeah, I think that they are going to dip, and we saw it last week. Uh, Jones got the ball all the way down the field for them to hand it off to Williams. Um, it seems like William might be more of the power. Hello. Sorry. I think uh, we might have. Oh, yeah, I got a phone call. And I put my phone on airplane mode. I get calls from stupid insurance companies all the time. Yep. Know that feeling. But yeah. Um, the good thing for Keegan, though, is that if those targets uh, for Aaron Jones start going away, he's got Devontae Adams who's going to pick him up. So his team's looking really good. He currently in his flex, Cortland Sutton and OBJ. Guys, uh, Cortland Sutton has overproduced with Joe Flacco. Joe Flacco is expected to miss four to six weeks now, so he's going to have a backup uh, quarterback there in Denver. Should hurt his fantasy stock. And then OBJ's been a disappointment the entire year. Um, He might be able to get back on track the second half of the season. Yeah, if I'm the Browns, I'm trading OBJ. Uh, He's supposed to bring a a level of dynamics to that offense that makes them elite. And and if you can't get the ball to him, like, I mean, Eli Manning made OBJ a a top seven wide receiver. If if you've got weapons like the Browns have and it's just not happening, I, I think that maybe he's not for the team. I mean, that's a tough one to trade away, someone that you just gave so much up for, but I don't know what the problem is with him. Yeah, I think it's more of their offensive line, and at least with the Giants, they would throw him a bunch of quick slants and then he'd break off big runs. Um, seems like the Browns have more of a – intermediate to deep passing scheme going and so their offensive line's bad and baker doesn't have time to make those throws that makes Um, sense 
He's still a really good athlete, though. Oh, They're yeah. They're not going to trade him. Uh, Ruff's, after DeAndre Hopkins, Ruff's lineup is looking pretty rough. Um, <laughs> has D.D. Westbrook as his wide receiver. Robbie Anderson as a wide receiver. Uh, putting in Mark Andrews, but he's going up against the Patriots this week. And then Sony Michelle and Kenyon Drake. Um, what do you think about just that group of guys? I know we talked about Ruff having a bye week, so it's understandable, but that's a pr- that's not a great recipe for success. Um, oh no, I don't think that. I think that's what's going to be the dagger in in Ruff's thigh this week. I think Anderson could have a, a a good stat line against Miami. He's a he's a fast guy, and they don't have uh, Minka Fitzpatrick anymore. Um, I think that's the one glimmer of hope that Ruff has on that on those five guys. Guys, um, Sonny Michelle, if he gets goal line work, if they can get the ball down the field and he gets those goal line touchdowns, I think that that's all Ruff can hope for. Uh, Kenyon Drake for Arizona, just being right after he was traded, getting right in the lineup. Um, he hasn't done much for the Miami Dolphins, so we'll see. He's, he's playing on a short week. He plays tonight at 520. Uh, I think this is going to be – this is the reason why I think Keegan's going to just steamroll uh, rough is because of these five question marks. Yep, and, um, I mean, crazier things have happened in fantasy football, uh, but it just seems like Ruff doesn't have the the guys to keep up with Keegan this week. Who do you have winning this matchup? Oh, you just said um, yeah, Keegan's, Keegan. Keegan's going to take this who, one. Who do you have winning the all-time matchup? Um, damn. Keegan. Final answer? Final answer. That is one for two. Justin is actually winning this matchup six to five lifetime. Pretty surprising. Um, Yeah, I think so. so. uh, We'll go ahead and move on to... Who do you think is going to take that one? I, I think it's Keegan. I'm with you. It... I mean, Nick Chubb makes Ruff's lineup more interesting, but with all those guys on by, it's it's going to be a rough day for Ruff there. So. <laughs> right? It's a rough day. Uh, yep. Moving on to – we'll go to my matchup, and then we'll finish up talking about your team this week. Um, Juju's in the attic going up against the high-flying Hawaiians. And a couple of weeks ago, this would have seemed like um, I had a pretty good shot, but Jake's team is really starting to come on um, as the season's been going along. Yeah. Um, looking at your, the QB matchups this week, I, I think this is a, uh, probably the best QB matchups we'll see out of any games. Um, Rodgers and Wilson on Skins team, and then Watson and Stafford with you. Those are four very capable QBs. They have all proven themselves over and over again. Um, so I don't think, I think we're expecting good, uh, good stat line from all four QBs this week. So I don't think that's going to be, uh, where the, where the damage is done on either team. Um, looking though, it's moving down to, to running backs though. That's, that's a little bit more. I mean, I, I, I still like Le'Veon Bell. It's just, I, I haven't seen much from them this year and we can only speculate. Maybe it's cause he's not on the best team ever. Um, then Austin Eckler has been so good for you. And if Gordon stops getting – or if Gordon keeps taking touches away from him and then it just keeps declining. But if they can give him the ball over Gordon, I think that you have a real good shot of uh, having the better running back duo. 
basically because Le'Veon's going against Miami. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Um, Le'Veon has been disappointing for however long Sam Darnold was out with mono. It was basically they had a guy that couldn't throw the ball, and so he just ran into the line of scrimmage 25 times a game. Um, and he's, I think Le'Veon's only got two touchdowns on the year. Uh, but the the Jets' schedule the next six weeks is insane. They play the Dolphins twice. Twice they play the Redskins. They play the Bengals. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see if the Jets' go, offense gets rolling against some of these bad defenses over the second half of the season. And that's kind of what I'm looking forward to Levy on. He, they had really tough matchups. He's in a bad situation. Still getting that high volume though. And I think when they start playing worse defenses, they he will start getting more yards and yeah, I, getting I into can the end see zone. Him. I can see him rolling this last. And it's good for you, especially because of oh, – there's Cookie again barking at the mailman. <laughs> uh, but it's, it's, good. it's good for you for the playoff push because you're gonna, those points are going to come in so clutch for you. Um, I think you're right. The matchups are, gonna, are really going to roll out for you, and you'll benefit. So um, I think – that's the best part about having Lev right now. Tough matchups, and you get a cupcake schedule at the end. Yep, and then looking at Jake's running backs, uh, there's a lot of red cues on Jake's lineup this week. Um, both James Conner and Josh Jacobs are questionable. James Conner seems uh, like he could miss time. Um, it, he hurt his shoulder, AC joint. Uh, they just got Jalen Samuels back from the IR. Um so it'll be interesting to see if they give James Conner his full workload or if they try to split it with their other running back coming back healthy. And then Josh Jacobs, I don't think he's anything serious. There's a questionable designation, but I think that's more wear and tear. He was questionable last week and ended up uh, being able to play the full game. So I think I might have the edge in running back here this week. Yeah. Um, even though up to this point in the season, you wouldn't think that um, – it depends on what Eckler can do and how their offense is going to look. I just, I, he's been productive even when Melvin has been back, so I can't justify putting him on the bench and starting Mark Ingram and as my running back too, who's going up against New England this week. Yeah, I think that um, best case scenario for Skin is if um, if if, it, if James Conner has, um, you know, if he's hurt, and I wouldn't split the the workload if I was the team and just let him rest and throw in Jalen Samuels, who's, who's been proven that he can, you know, week four, he had a solid week uh, against Cincinnati and then he got injured. He was hurt a little bit. Um, so I think that if, if they can, if they designate Connor as not, you know, not playing skin throws in Samuels and then this game comes a little more tricky. Yep. Yep. Okay. Moving on to the wide receivers. Uh, I think I have a pretty decided edge in this wide receiver, and that's even with Cooper Cup on a bye this week. Um, if, I think, yeah, you're that, right. I, I agree with you. I think the, the Hill and Chark, you can mark those downs as as solid pluses. And then you're just looking at Juju with without you know without Ben, he's coming off what that's the best game of the year that he's had last week, right? Against Miami. Uh, I think. Fantasy scoring-wise, yes, because he got into the end zone. But this is – so just looking at some of his stat lines this year, 
Um, he's played seven games. In three of them, he's put up over 15 points. And in five of them, he's put up over 10 points. So, And that's all coming pretty much without a starting quarterback. So he's had more than 75 yards receiving in five of seven games. Um, so I, it's not the production you expect from a number one uh, wide receiver, a keeper wide receiver. But even with bad quarterback play um, and everything that's been going on, him getting the number one corners every game, he's still being a viable football player, just maybe not uh, as much of a viable fantasy player this year. Yeah, I can see that. Uh, he's doing the best with what he's got. Um, not having those weapons on his team to to help ease his um, the attention on him it really makes it really puts the pressure on him, and I think that he has done very good against that. Um, I think the wide receiver wise, I think you've got the edge. Um, Skins wide receivers are just Williams. Mike Williams is he hasn't really done much, but he, he doesn't really have anybody else. Uh, Tyrell's been solid, but you know, kind of up and down. He's getting a touchdown in every game that he's played in, and that's all you can ask for. And then Jamison Crowder, a lot of volume. Yeah, he gets he gets yeah he gets the volume, but he doesn't get much after that. Um, I think that you've got the wide receiver position uh, on taking over for this match. Yeah, and part of the reason that Jake's starting these guys at wide receiver is because Julio's on by, Robert Woods is on by, AJ Green, who's probably going to get back um, next week is on bye this week. Um, so Jake had to throw some guys, some warm bodies in his lineup. Um, and that's, that's something that that's just part of fantasy football. So yeah, bye week is rough. Usually week nine is the worst bye week too. Um, nine, 10, 11. Cause I'm, I'm feeling the effects of week nine bye as well. Uh, then when you move down to the, the tight ends, this is, this is a tough one because Darren Waller has been so good this year. Um, he has, he's getting the production and then he has just a few really big games on it under his, under his belt as well. And then Kelsey, yeah, he's been more consistent. He's had really good. Uh, he's had some really good games as well. So I think this one's a, a kind of a tie. I don't think this is going to be the. Yeah, I, I have to agree. Um, I think it's really going to depend who gets into the end zone between these two guys. Um, but it's pretty much a toss up. Kelsey's ranked second at the position. Darren Waller ranked third. So I, I, I agree. Toss up here. Um, Darren Waller has a slightly higher projection, but projections don't mean much. Um, moving on to the flexes, uh, Jake going with Melvin. Um and George Kittle, so throwing a tight end in this flex, but a pretty good option going up against Arizona, who has been terrible against defending tight ends. Uh, what do you think about Melvin Gordon and Jake's flex here? I think Jake has to put Melvin Gordon in here because Melvin has such a high upside that Jake, he would hate himself if the one day he decides to bench Melvin, Melvin goes off. Um, I don't think it's going to happen. Um but then at the same time, he's Melvin Gordon. He was a keeper for a reason. We know that he has that ceiling. And that is the toughest part about fantasy football. It's that loyalty aspect and, and, and that, that game-changing player that, that we want to hold on to that we know can just 
change the the course of the whole game for your team, and that can be Melvin Gordon here. But I don't think it's going to happen. But just that one, even that 2% chance that it does happen, you know, makes you want to hold on to him even tighter. And then Jake being on bye week hell, um, he kind of has to put him in there, and it, it solidifies the reason why Jake's got him in there. But I don't, I don't see much coming from him. I don't, I haven't seen much coming from him since he held out. Uh, he also, he also made a statement that said he's not going to hold out anymore because he obviously sees how detrimental that was to um, his own personal gain. Um, so that's just like kind of a drama that didn't need to happen, and now he's paying for it. Yeah, he was holding out. And it wasn't a it wasn't a situation where he could hold out and then uh, be released to free agency like Lev Bell because Melvin Gordon is still a restricted free agent. Um, he wasn't on a a um, franchise tag situation like Lev Bell was, and so he wouldn't have been able to even just walk away. Um, it just seems strange. He held out, didn't win, came back early, and looked bad. Um, and Austin Eckler lit the world on fire showing that he deserves those touches. Um, it's not a fluke. He can be a good running back in the NFL, um, and he proved those touches, or he proved he deserves those touches. So it's kind of been an interesting situation there in L.A. And just with their team being bad, it doesn't help um, yeah. anything. So, and, But we'll uh, see with that new uh, no-offensive coordinator. So we'll see if things change up, if it's going to benefit Gordon or Eckler more. You really don't know. I think this is kind of a, a testing week to figure it out um, to see where they're headed in the future. Yeah, and it's uh, – I think, if anything, they should probably get away from running the ball straight into the heart of the defense because their offensive line has been bad. Um, just looking at some quick numbers, Melvin, he's been getting a lot of his carries in between the tackles since in four games since he's been back, 44 carries only 112 yards, so that's 2.5 a carry. That that's is awful. not good. Yeah, and I mean, it's not all of his fault because Eckler hasn't been running the ball um, in between the tackles well either since he came back, um, but he's just been getting that value in the passing game for Eckler, um, and Melvin's not getting that. So um, be interesting to see. Uh, my flexes, I have Mark Ingram. I moved him down because he's the late game on Sunday. So if anything happens, I can throw in a, another body there instead of having Mark Ingram locked into my running back. And then my second flex spot, I've been debating. I uh, currently have Devin Singletary in there. The guy's just been electric, but Buffalo doesn't seem to want to give him the ball a whole lot. Um, what do you think about my flexes this week? Um, I like I like your flexes over skins because he has – Melvin Gordon. I do really like George Kittle. Um, he's a great player, he, uh, but I think you have the edge of Mel, uh, Mark Ingram's been he's been solid. Um, at the beginning of the year, you saw a lot more of that than now, but uh, they're going against New England, who this is going to be New England's actual first test. This is the a battle of two of the top three teams in the AFC. Once, uh, once, um, Mahomes comes back, then the KC's back in that, back in that mix. Um, I do like Devin Singletary, and and, and he's posting good receiving, uh, good receiving stats. He's got solid rushes. He's putting up 
in three of the four games, he's put up over 10 points. And that's all you can ask from a flex. But I also think that this is the time of the year where you give the guy who's been consistent when you need him, uh, you give him the rock. Uh, Josh Allen's been solid, but they, they don't really have anybody on the outside. They don't really have – I mean, you got John Brown um, for Buffalo, Cole Beasley – uh, but they're not any. They're not going to change the game, and I think uh, Singletary has flashed himself to be uh, somebody that can lead their offense. And I think you give him the rock. I think this is almost a situation like last year where Aaron Jones wasn't getting the ball like he should have, but we all knew how good he could be if he got the ball. Um, I think if Buffalo um, gives him the ball against Washington, they keep feeding the ball. I think he's going to have a big game. Yeah, and this is also part of the matchup. Um, It really came down to Devin Singletary or John Brown, who's been pretty productive as a wide receiver. I think he's the 20th ranked wide receiver on the year, has at least 50 yards receiving in every game and four catches. So, um, And going up against Washington's bad defense. But I I think I might have to go with the upside for Devin Singletary. Frank Gore's got to start wearing down at least a little bit at some point, right? So You would expect, unless he's just part robot. Yeah, and Singletary had that hamstring pull uh, early in the year, and so I feel like maybe Buffalo was trying to ease him back in a little bit. He missed three or four games, and then um, so I think I got to play the upside here. I really like Devin Singletary moving forward, but – uh, for this matchup, I'm not sure if he's going to get the touches to be, um, to pull it out for me. So, going looking at both of these lineup again, who do you have winning this matchup? Well, it's crazy because Skin's projections higher than yours, but then you got all those cues on his his uh, behind uh, behind a lot of the names. I think that even though your projections lower, I think you've got the edge on this, Scott. I think your wide receiver core. And just that slight edge on running back position that you have um, is is gonna it's gonna be a close game. I think um, I think Jinx gonna end up being knocked out of the uh, the playoff race. You're gonna be sitting at almost comfortable six and three. Um, I think you're taking this one. Um, I actually had Jake winning this one. Uh, I think in my commissioner's corner. I mean, I do like a lot of my guys, but seems like a lot of my guys are boom or bust. Um, Austin Eckler has been that way recently. Uh, Mark Ingram has been sort of a eight to 12 point guy. If he doesn't get into the end zone going up against a good defense, Devin Singletary's boomer bust Juju. So I think even with all the, those red cues, um, as long as those guys play, I think Jake can edge this one out. Um, and I'm going to save you the heartbreak of trying to pick, who's winning this matchup because it's actually tied. So it's uh, we're Jake and I are two and two against each other. So, Oh, dang. Oh, well, is that lifetime also including playoffs? Yep. That's playoffs. Okay, Cause you beat uh, him last year. He beat me twice last year and then I beat him in the toilet bowl playoffs. And then I beat him in our matchup earlier this year as well. So on a hot streak against him. Um, and now for last but not least your matchup, going up against the Blount Force. Um, what do you, What are your just overall thoughts about Quentin's team as a whole this year? Because he's been putting up those points. Yeah, it's ridiculous. He's put up over over 100 points over the next points for a person. Um, and, and we all gave Quentin crap 
about it. Um, gosh, I'll give you one second. Cookie. Sometimes you just gotta say your name and whistle at her for her to like realize everything's gonna be okay. Um, Quinn's team is just—it's crazy. It's, his team, in my opinion, uh, looking at the beginning of the year, was a boomer bust team. Um, Quinn's like the dude that all the people on his team were the ones that he drafted, which is amazing. It was such a good draft, and his projections always high, and his team keeps blowing up. And it's kind of like I don't get it, but. It's exciting to see, and you know that he's just loving life right now, um, getting all these great numbers out of the players that we said aren't going to do squat. But he, it's also proven that he has a boomer bust team, like Mike Evans, for example. You know, like, what, yeah, two games? One game he had 41 points, one game he had 37. He had a zero week five. He had an 8.1 week two. Uh He's consistently yeah. in between 15. If, if you averaged out his numbers, um, he's getting like maybe 15 to 20 points total uh, per game if you averaged them. But that's impressive. Uh, Cooper's been super good this year. Uh, Dak Prescott and him have really good connection. Julian Edelman been great. Uh, like his players have just all been really playing well for for what we expected Fournette has been cramming it down my throat because I talk so much crap about him but he's been very consistent this year Um, yeah and I I agree I think um we gave uh Quentin's team crap a little bit earlier in the year um because Fournette hadn't proven after last season had a bad year last year Derrick Henry was only had those four good games last year um, Tyler Lockett was a question mark. Uh, was Amari Cooper going to keep doing well? How would Lamar Jackson and Josh Allen look? So there were a lot of questions there. Um, but yeah, his, I mean, playing against him last week, I scored 177 points. Like that's a, that's a good day. That's a very good day. And then look, o- look over at Quentin's team and he has Mike Evans getting him 37. Tevin Coleman has four touchdowns. Julian Edelman adding two touchdowns. It was just couldn't keep up. Um, His team bad. is really scoring touchdowns this year, and that is what is most important in fantasy football. Yep, and he's still holding on to A.B. Um, for the hope that he might come back at some point. That dog. I think uh, the dog wants to get in on this conversation. Yeah. Cookie! Cookie, it's okay. I promise. Okay. Um, so, went over Blount's matchup. His wide receivers have been really great. And Tevin Coleman coming back at full strength just really makes his running back depth even deeper. Uh, Leonard Fournette, Derrick Henry, Tevin Coleman. Um, so, that's impressive there. Wide receivers, talked about them. Mike Evans, Amari Cooper, Julian Edelman. Seems like if one of the guys has a down game, the other guys on Quentin's team pick him up and have big days. So Zach Ertz has probably been the most disappointing uh, guy on his team, but he's still ranked seventh at the tight end position. Which but, shows um, you how inconsistent the tight end position has been this year. Yeah, Zach Ertz doesn't have a game over 14.2 fantasy points this season. Um, he has one touchdown catch on the year. Doesn't have a game with more than 72 yards receiving. And so it's just been, it's been interesting. And over the last few weeks, 
uh, the last three weeks, he his highest scoring game is 5.4. So it seems like Dallas Goddard's getting more involved. Zach Ertz uh, just not doing a lot this year, but still seventh at tight end. Yeah, he's getting him some points here and there. Uh, it's not really the, the, the spot on Quentin's team that really makes or break his week with his team putting up so many points and getting all the touchdowns that he's been getting. Um, and Lamar Jackson just having such a good year. And Josh Allen's having solid, solid enough year as well. He's consistently getting almost the 20 points every week. Um, so that's, that's really good on Quentin's parties. You know, I'll give him the credit. He's, he drafted a good team and he stuck with them most of the year, barely made any trades. Uh, then I look on the other side and look at the Savage Patch kids, and there's a bunch of question marks because I'm on a little bit of a bye week hell. Uh, me and half the Saints team are on the bench. So <laughs> yep. that's rough. Yeah, that's, uh, that's not good. You still have Ryan Tannehill as your quarterback. I'm sure you'd like to see Drew Brees in there, but um, yeah, quarterbacks are looking a little rough this week. Derek Carr and Ryan Tannehill. Yeah, I... Uh... I I was trying to make some moves for a QB um, this week, but it didn't work out the way I wanted to. Uh, so I ended up, since that didn't happen, honestly, I forgot that I put the waiver wire in for Nicole Hardman, which was a bonehead move on my part. <laughs> and then I ended up dropping him for Derek Carr a couple seconds right after, my, uh, after it came through. I was like, oh, what the heck was I doing? Um, it honestly went through earlier than I expected, too. I was awake, and I just hadn't checked it, because I'm like, oh, it ever comes in this early. I'm like, I'll check in 20 minutes. Nope, I should have keep hitting refresh and figured out what I was doing. Um, yeah, my quarterback situation, Quentin's got the edge. Uh, Tannehill, he did solid for me last week. He he got those touchdowns. He um, put up a respectable 22.3 points, three touchdowns. Um, I picked up Derek Carr because – He's, he's, I don't know, Oakland's still kind of like searching. Uh, what are they, just under 500 right now? They, they lost against Houston, but he's putting up a good, a good amount of yards the last four weeks. Um, I think once he starts finding the end zone, then that's going to be big for him. Uh, when I look down at our running backs, McCaffrey's the best running back of the, of the four, um, but Jamal Williams also the worst of the four. So I think Quentin's got the edge if Fournette still produces like he has been, if he's been consistent. Coleman, I don't th- I don't see a problem with Coleman against Arizona. Um I'm hoping best case scenario is that Jamal Williams takes the red zone um rushes from Aaron Jones. Yeah. Um Christian McCaffrey, I've talked enough about him on my commissioner's corner every week. He's an absolute stud. Uh, you have Chris Carson down at your um, flex position this week. Uh, normally, he'd be in your running back slot, uh, but he's facing Tampa Bay, and yeah. that is not a good matchup. Nope, because McCaffrey was stuffed two times this year uh, against Tampa Bay. Yeah, Tampa Bay has shut down most of the running backs they faced. I think Derrick Henry was the highest rusher against them last week, and he had 75 yards, but two uh, like 50 of those came on two carries so um they've been good at shutting down the the running game and teams can just throw on them so why worry about running it um your wide receivers dj moore michael gallup terry mclaurin uh you talked about your bye weeks 
not having Michael Thomas in there really brings your wide receiver core down to earth. Yes, it does. Um, DJ Moore, I'm looking, I'm looking to him to finally, you know, have a good game. He's been consistent uh, enough, um, getting over ten points. Uh, there's been a few games where he's not. I think he should have a solid game. I'm hoping he has a solid game at. Uh, Michael Gallup, I like Michael Gallup. He's the number two on the the Cowboys. Um, last two weeks, he hasn't had the or week six and week seven. It wasn't the greatest. Um, I think against the Giants, though, I think it's going to be, I think it's going to be just a big game. I think we're going to get a lot of a lot of points. We're going to get a lot of fantasy uh, surprises there. Uh, and then McLaurin uh, with, give me one second, Cookie, Cookie, it's okay. I promise. And this is our third break for the dog barking. What is she going on? I'm going to like go get her fucking high so she like calms down or something. Um, Just throw her outside. Make her an outside No, she is outside. That's the crazy part. It's just the window is right by where she goes. Barks. That's my bedroom window. Um, Back to Terry McLaurin. Uh, With what's his name? Case Keenum being concussed. Uh, Case Keenum's been his saving grace. Uh, this year, if if he can't get the ball, because Dwayne Haskins, they they don't have the best chemistry right now. Um, last week, there were a few miscues, there were through a few overthrows, a few through the hands of McLaurin. Um, if they can figure that out, then you know I can see McLaurin posting at, at least above ten points. That's what I'm. That's all I'm asking for is just uh, above ten points. Maybe if he can just get a touchdown, I'll be super excited. Yeah, he had the big stretch of games to start the year where he went off, but it's really came back down to earth the last couple of weeks. So it'll be interesting to see what Scary Terry does this week against good Buffalo defense. Um, your tight end, Evan Ingram, another one of those tight end guys that has real big swings in his fantasy uh, output. Um, yeah. Looking at his game schedule or his game log, 23 points, 7 points, 20 points, 7, 7, 1, and then 12 last week. So, um, Yeah, his best game was against Dallas. Um, I think that they're going to remember that. Um, I don't think that they're going to let that happen again. But I also think that I, I see him getting a touchdown. I just, like I said, and this week I'm just hoping my guys put up 10 points each so I don't get completely blown out of the water. Yeah, and sometimes you're just hoping for those low floor guys or those high floor guys that are they might not get you they don't have the possibility of getting you 30 points, but they should at least get you 10 points. So if I can get like a bunch of consistency in my players and then Blount has a bunch of down down uh down games for his players, and I could see me miraculously pulling this out like a 2% chance that I'm going to win this game, but there's nothing I can really do about that. That's also the reason why I have Preston Williams in my lineup. I like Preston Williams. I was reading a lot about him preseason. Um, uh, he's he's a big guy. He goes up and gets it, but he just Fitzpatrick and him and him haven't worked together much lately. Um, I was also looking at picking up Devonte Parker, uh, but I'm I'm gonna take the the boom for him this week. And because my team is so down this week, that's why I threw him in the lineup because. I figured, you know, there's not really much that is going to help my team, and I think putting him in the lineup is just kind of a kind of a science test. See, see what happens. See if some things break loose, and for some crazy reason, he puts up a a big stat line, scores 
two touchdowns, gets 10 passes, and it's against the Jets. So that's all I'm hoping for in that situation. Yep, that's understandable. Sometimes if you uh, you've got to go for those guys that have a possibility to have a big game based on matchup, um, especially if you are expecting to not – if you're in bye week hell and you don't have a lot of options. So sounds like you are giving Blount the edge in this one. Oh, he's um, got more than the edge. He's like – I think Blount's going to win this uh, handily. So that I don't, I think that's a no-brainer uh, picking Blount over me this week. Yep, I have to go with that as well. Until Blount's team proves that they're not just going to keep putting up points every week, probably keep giving him the edge. Um, the only so, thing that I could see um, even making this close is I think that Blount having the de- uh, the Eagles defense in against Chicago. If Chicago like goes crazy and like has their best <laughs> their best offensive game, and then Lamar Jackson gets shut down by the Patriots, um, that's that's my best case scenario for this week. Yeah, and their best offensive game might be two hundred and seventy yards and two touchdowns. Um, <laughs> might be. so. So all time record between you and Blount, who's winning this one? I'm gonna go with TC on this one. That is correct. You yes. are. 10 uh you are winning 10 to 5 in the matchup um probably have to stop doing some of these matchups since there's uh only a set amount of guys and if you've been doing them all year you'll probably remember going forward so you might be getting better but yep um two one and we'll call that tie a, a one on this so you got a winning record this week on predicting the history um but that's all we have today. Uh, any final words about the upcoming week? You know, I just uh, looking at the the standings. Um, all I can hope is 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 Jake beats you. If I get beat, and that Coon loses, um, because if that's the case, then we're still a little bit safer than Connor is. And it's obvious that Keegan and Quentin are getting into the playoffs with their six and two and their teams being really good. Um, But even if you win and I lose, I'm still kind of uh, sitting pretty as long as if Kuhn loses, that's the best case situation for both of us. Um, That's all I can hope for. Uh, We'll we'll, we'll see when my team comes back next week, be off that bye week hell. I'll have my, all my saints come marching in and, uh, We'll, get, we'll really kick this season off towards yep. the final stretch. It's getting real interesting. Five guys battling for four playoff spots. Uh, Connor making some moves. See how that works out. Um, I don't have anything to add. I'm just excited that there's going to be football for the next couple months still. Um, not starting to get depressed thinking about the Why March. The football the March through August stretch where there's no real football. Yeah, that Um, is rough, but we don't have to worry about that right now. So um, just enjoy your day TC. Thanks for stopping in, discussing some of the matchups. Thanks to everyone for tuning in. Justin will be back next week. Uh, Go over some of the game recap on Monday and do his normal thing next week, back from vacation with the family. So Thanks, everybody, once again. This has been the Blogcast Network.